New Bad World Order. This is madness. This time you have gone too far. Stay in Wonderland. Welcome to another episode of the Robot Dinner Party. That's right, step on up to episode 3 of the Robot Dinner Party. Good evening and welcome everybody. I'm your host Ben, host of the Robot Dinner Party. I hope everybody had a great Easter. Easter, man. Yeah. We'll get right on up to that in a minute here. First of all, we've got a very serious issue to discuss. It's very near and dear to my heart. That issue being female robot representation in movies and TV. <laughs> Just kidding. We're not getting into that crazy shit. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sir, did you just assume the gender of that robot? Well, yes, I did, little lady. And I think I just made a pass at her as well. Okay, now, you're going to say that sounds sick. And, yeah, it probably sounds sick. I mean, I certainly think so. But it's sort of intriguing at the same time. I mean, have you ever stopped and thought about the whole idea of supposedly there are going to be robots in the future that you can have sex with? I mean... It sounds gross. It sounds very uh, alienating from human contact, to say the least. But have you ever actually considered it? I mean, I don't think I can say that I have. I mean, there are lots of factors to consider. I mean, I'm sure that shit's going to be expensive, right? I mean, then there's what kind of materials is it made out of? I mean, how lifelike is it? What does your significant other think about it? But I mean, if you're single and not getting any, or you're ugly as fuck... I mean, there's not a lot of difference between that and some of the toys that they sell at the sex shops already, is there? It's just more of a complete human being to do that with. <laughs> like I said, I, I don't know what my answer would be if that ever came into being. My answer initially would be to say no, but hey, I haven't given it much uh, more than a cursory thought at all. Other than, of course, the fact that robots don't have feelings and we're their overlords. <laughs> Now, if I could just be serious for a moment. This time, it's a real serious moment. We're just coming off of Easter. Some of y'all might still have lilies in your house from Easter. People, lilies can kill cats. So make sure that if you do have lilies in your house, that you either just throw that out or make sure there's a way up high where none of the leaves or petals can fall, where the little kitty can eat it and die. I mean, come on. We don't want any of that. That's not what Jesus died for. No... Jesus died for Reister eggs so that we could eat the Reister eggs and the jelly beans and the chocolate bunnies. Nom, 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 nom. Anyway, where was I? I don't know. Jesus died. He came back as a zombie. He avoided some guys who were trying to shoot him on The Walking Dead. 
And then he wrote a motivational self-help book. Which that book did, clearly didn't help Aaron Hernandez out at all, did it? Yeah, I heard the Patriots are having a tight end issue with Aaron Hernandez out with a neck injury. That's okay, the Patriots still have a tight end. His name is Gronk. And he interrupted Sean Spicer's uh, press briefing while he was at the White House today. That was pretty hilarious. Although, not as awesome as when he got into that WrestleMania ring and took somebody out. If you haven't seen that on YouTube, you should check it out. Gronk, how's that back doing? It looks pretty fucking good. But of course, Tommy fucking Brady couldn't make it to the White House today. He had a last minute family issue that prevented him from going, which I imagine went something like this. Tommy, come on Tommy, you're not gonna go see Donnie today. Shit Tommy, I thought we went over this before. You know I can't stand that guy. And you can't just let him think that he's gonna be allowed to play hide his hot dog in your buns like he did early in your career, Tommy. He's a fucking nut job. He's gonna blow up the world, Tommy. Shit, shit, Tommy. I swear, if you go to that White House and hang out with Donnie's party, I I'm gonna divorce your ass. Yeah, yeah, despite having no fucking connection to poor Boston and being a fucking Brazilian supermodel, Giselle fucking Brady has a fucking Boston accent. Okay, fine, yeah. That probably sucked, but I dare you, I dare you. You create your own damn podcast and give me your own damn Boston accent. Let me hear how much better it is. <laughs> there, I just gave you your podcast opening intro song. <laughs> anyway, seriously, congratulations once again to the Patriots and Tom Brady for even having the chance to win the Super Bowl and go meet the toddler in chief. Um, that Super Bowl was probably the greatest comeback that I've ever seen in the Super Bowl era. Obviously, on the other side, it's the uh, greatest choke job on behalf of the Falcons. But I, I can't imagine being a Falcons fan and having to go through that. I, that would still be sticking with me right now. But uh, yeah, the Super Bowl itself was a couple months ago, maybe as long as three months ago now. I don't know. All I know is that it's finally warm out in Michigan again. You know, if I was back in Nebraska, it would have been uh, springtime already about a month ago. But we've got some consistent warmth here now, which is awesome. And now I'm getting incredibly anxious for beach season to get here. And, uh, you know, with the sunshine now all day, it's Friday. I was just, oh, so eager to get out of work today and go do something active. But as it's getting even warmer out, that means the NFL draft is almost here. That's dropping Thursday, April 27th. I believe the Browns have the first pick. Uh, I think the Lions, who are my team, they draft somewhere in the 20s. But I don't really care. They manage to screw everything up every year. Lions have one single playoff win in the entire Super Bowl era. Now, they've got an NFL championship from before that. But... They are maddening. They're going to have a huge amount of cap space taken up by a Matthew Stafford once they sign him to a new deal. Obviously, I'm going to be a little bit interested in who the Lions draft. They're, they're probably going to need to take somebody off of the defensive line uh, first. I think they've got another pick not too far after that, maybe either late in the first round or early in the second. A lot of people around here seem to think that maybe they should draft Jabril Peppers out of Michigan. Nobody knows exactly where he's going to fit in the NFL, whether a safety or linebacker. He's 
a little small for a linebacker. So he's probably going to end up with some sort of hybrid safety role. He's also got a lot to offer in terms of punt and kick returns, but I'm not sure who the Browns are going to draft at number one. I mean, maybe they'll trade down. I know that uh, a lot of people want Mitch Trubisky to go to number one. Who, Like, who the hell is Mitch Trubisky? You watch college football all season, you don't hear a single thing about this guy. And you've got uh, Deshaun Watson just ripping apart the Alabama defense in the national championship game. And where is he on anybody's radar? Nobody's talking about him going number one. But this little piece of shit guy from who knows where named Mitch Trubisky, oh, maybe he should go number one. Yeah, no. I mean, the draft is hit or miss anyway. I always pay attention so that I am aware of what's going on. And I, you know, I'm always got that curiosity about the NFL, but you never know how these guys are going to pan out. Somebody drafting the sixth round like Tom Brady could end up a Hall of Famer. And then, uh, you know, somebody drafted number one overall could end up out of the league in less than a year. So, I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, it's less than a week away, and I'm pretty excited about that. We've also got the NBA playoffs going on right now. I look favorably on the Warriors and the Celtics. My favorite player in the league is Kevin Durant. So when he moved from Oklahoma City Thunder to the Golden State Warriors, I was pretty happy about that. I'm really hoping that uh, they win the championship this year, especially because of Durant. I want to see him get one. You know, I've not been a fan of LeBron throughout his career. That kind of reminds me of the MVP discussion that's been going on. Mostly it's been about uh, Russell Westbrook versus James Harden. Of course, James Harden is putting numbers up that are almost as good as Westbrook's, and he's got a team with a much better winning record, and he's clearly the leader of the Rockets. On the flip side, Russell Westbrook has been doing everything by himself on the Thunder and notching triple doubles, you know, all over the place. But, you know, I'm not going to be someone who, if I had a vote for MVP, that would vote for Russell Westbrook because I don't like how he goes about things. You know, first of all, the triple-double stat wasn't even around until Magic Johnson. It was actually something that the Lakers PR guy came up with to uh, help sell tickets. You know, obviously the Lakers didn't need a whole lot of help doing that. But it was just another way to show off everything that Magic Johnson was doing. So the stat has only been around since the 80s in the first place. It was specifically designed to uh, show off what Magic was doing. But... You know, come to nowadays with Russell Westbrook, I mean, it is an awesome feat that he beat Oscar Robertson's triple-double record. But the way Russell Westbrook goes about it, and he's got a pretty good team. It's clearly not the same team as it was when Durant was there. But when Durant was there, Russell Westbrook was still kind of ball-stopping a lot of times and uh, trying to take over by himself when he's got an even better player on the court with him. But now that Durant's gone, he feels like he's got something to prove that he's the greatest player on earth or something like that. I mean, these stats are pretty great, but on the other hand, he's purposefully ball-stopping and trying to do everything by himself. If he were playing true team basketball, he wouldn't be notching these kinds of insane numbers every night. This... You know, Michael Jordan back in the 80s, before he went on his run of championships, he would try to do this sort of stuff of doing everything on his own. And after he went through a couple times of being defeated by the Pistons and, you know, not making the NBA Finals, 
you know, somebody, I, th- I think it was his coach at the time, I don't remember, it was Phil Jackson or uh, whoever it was before Phil, you know, came to him and said, you know, you're not going to win a championship until uh, you start really, truly playing team basketball. And so he adjusted, adjusted his game a little bit. He could have put up insane numbers, you know, been even more of an outstanding individual player than he was, but he came to realize that he wasn't going to win championships if he was just trying to do everything by himself. Well, I mean, obviously, Russell Westbrook with the Thunder isn't going to win a championship with that team, at least I don't think so. Not with Durant gone. But it's the principle of the thing. James Harden is putting up numbers that are just about as good as, you know, Russell Westbrook's right now. And he's playing a little bit better team basketball. He's an actual leader of a team concept. He's not just going all out balls to the wall trying to lift up his stats. You know, when Kobe Bryant did that of doing nothing but trying to put up his stats, people hated him for it. And people are loving Russell Westbrook for it right now. I'm just saying I don't love it. Uh, I didn't like it when Russell Westbrook kind of sabotaged Oklahoma City. When Durant was there, there were times when Russ just tried to take over a little bit too much. Where if he would have, uh, you know, gotten the ball to Durant a little bit more, uh, perhaps they, you know, they could have actually won that one finals they were in, or perhaps, uh, you know, won in the Western Conference Finals against Golden State last year. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of what uh, Russell Westbrook is doing this year. Still an awesome feat, but who would I pick for the MVP? It's actually not Russell Westbrook or James Harden. I would actually go with the man that I'm not too fond of. That's right, LeBron James. You know, he has such sustained greatness over so many years. You know, it's in my mind, he's not as great as Michael Jordan was, but he's not that far behind. And so people are used to him doing, you know, anything and everything year in and year out. And I think people are kind of tired of making him the MVP. But, you know, if you take any of these top players off of their team, the one that would make the biggest difference always is going to be LeBron James. And to me, that means he's the most valuable player. You know, he may not be uh, putting up exactly the sort of uh, fantastic triple stat lines that some of the others are. But on the other hand, this dude is able to take games off and still get the second seed in the Eastern Conference. And you know that he's got another level that he's going to hit once he hits the playoffs and once he hits the finals there's going to be yet another level after that we need to do or not we (laughs) i'm not a member of the media who votes for mvp but those who do vote for mvp that vote needs to happen after the nba finals apparently they're not even announcing the mvp until after the finals sometime in july i mean come on if you're gonna announce it that late you've got to wait until the end of the season because if LeBron goes off the way he did in the NBA Finals last year, I mean, that's just going to seal the deal for uh, my argument that he should have the MVP. Now, since it's getting warm out and it's almost the end of April, that means it's almost the beginning of May. And what happens at the beginning of May every year? That's right, free comic book day. It's coming Saturday, May 6th. Check out your local comic book shop and see... Uh, what all they've got go for going on for festivities that day. I know in Omaha, Dean Kane is going to be at Krypton Comics, as is uh, Cullen Bunn. 
Here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, there's not going to be any celebrity guests, but there is going to be a costume contest. And last year, I took my daughter to that. She was dressed up as Supergirl. Everybody thought she was so cute. And she uh, tied for third place in the costume contest because there was some girl with uh, this elaborate Pokemon costume. And uh, then in front of her in first place was uh, uh, like about an eight-year-old girl wearing an absolute almost perfect replica of uh, Rey from Star Wars, her outfit. So that was pretty awesome. This year I'm thinking if I go, I'm going to try to see if I can find like an amazing uh, Zelda from Breath of the Wild outfit to put on my daughter. If not, that's cool. We'll figure out something else. But, uh, you know, at the very least, there's going to be free comic books, right? Let's see. What else do we got going on with the warm weather here? Well, last weekend, I was down in the Detroit area. I went to Greenfield Village and the Henry Ford Museum, which, if you don't know, uh, that whole complex is freaking huge. I only was able to take in part of it. I sort of deemed it a industrial revolution Disney because you look at the signs about uh, why Henry Ford put together this museum and acres and acres of old buildings and industrial equipment and stuff. I mean, it says he put all this stuff there so that uh, people could have a hands-on learning experience that that's how we were going to keep the industrial age uh, moving forward and having more innovation innovation is having young people have actual experiences uh, with what was going on uh, you know with industrial innovation so in other words it's a, it's a lot like a, uh, one of the first concepts of a hands-on museum that you know we have some modern ones that we can go to and it's kind of hard for me to describe just everything that's located, you know, at the Henry Ford Museum and the Greenfield Village. I mean, obviously you can go online and check out what exactly they have there. I mean, they have all sorts of presidential limos inside of the museum. They have all sorts of different locomotives and this huge train depot, the kind that, you know, each one goes into a slot and then there's this circle that turns around that'll get them onto different tracks. And that's just a tiny part of it. They've also got this uh, farming complex with, you know, horses out tilling the fields with uh, late 19th century, early 20th, 20th century technology and people who are dressed as a part. They have so many old buildings and they have not just old buildings, but the actual homes and buildings uh, from some very famous innovators. For instance, a bunch of different Edison buildings and a bunch of different Edison equipment that he actually used that you can go inside these places and see. Uh, one house that I started to walk into, I could tell that it was from the early 20th century. As I stepped on the porch, like it was sort of a weird feeling like I was going back in time and I didn't know exactly what I was walking into at first I just thought it was just you know an old home that was typical of the 1920s 1930s no it turned out it was the actual Wright brothers home that they grew up in they had as Henry Ford had that home taken apart piece by piece you know board by board and uh furniture piece by furniture piece and put it back together exactly the way it was and then he had the Wright brothers come on up and take a look at it and they're like yeah this is exactly the way it was good show old chap and then they've also got a relatively newish thing where they have a bunch of model t cars and 
You don't just get to look at them. You can actually take a ride in a Model T. And I didn't do that last time, but I'm going to do that the next time I go down. And man, even walking for almost six miles that day, we still didn't see even a third of the whole complex. And it's just incredible. After that, we went on down to Detroit proper. Originally, I thought I was going to go down to the riverfront, uh, you know, at the Detroit River, which runs right between Detroit and uh, Windsor, Ontario, which is, you know, Canada. But we missed a couple turns, and then we had to go find a bathroom and whatnot. So we ended up at this CVS, and uh, they ended up not having a bathroom. But that's not the point. I was Before I went into the CVS to check on the bathroom situation, I took note of this uh, homeless guy sitting on a bench about 50 yards away from where our car was. He was just... He was clearly mentally ill, like very, very insane and making these crazy jokes at oncoming traffic. So I come out of the CVS, they don't have a bathroom. I'm like, okay, fine, but I've, you know, I've got to um, find a different place. But before I do that, I've got to help my daughter out with something in the car. So I open up the door and I'm about to help her. I tell my wife, please watch out for the guy behind me, the, you know, mentally insane guy. So she goes, he's right behind you. And at that moment, I can hear him walking up and he starts going, sir, can I help you out? And I firmly say, no. And then he's like, well, can you help me out? And again, I say, no. And at that point, since I'm a little bit concerned about everyone's safety, I uh, gently pushed my daughter a little bit back towards her car seat. I slammed the door to the car so that if anything goes down, you know, it's just going to be me and she's going to be safe. Fortunately, at that point, he, you know, he was logical and uh, lucid enough in that moment to uh, just turn around and walk away. Um, and I will say that, you know, homeless people need help. People with mental issues need help and there shouldn't be a stigma with it. It was just that this particular situation with somebody who clearly had issues and was approaching me in a very creepy way, in a creepy situation with me helping out my daughter and my back turned to him, you know, fortunately, you know, it turned out to be nothing. For me, it was the equivalent of a dog with its hairs all of a sudden standing on its end saying, something's not right with this situation. And I also feel like there was a dream that I had the night before. I mean, it was a really awful nightmare where I was just going about my business and then somebody all of a sudden approached me from behind and they put a rag over my mouth with something like chloroform or something. And they said that their intent was to kill me. Well, obviously that was just a dream, but it was just one more thing that kind of uh, had me a little bit more of mental alert. I kind of feel like it uh, put me in more of a sharper mind state for watching out for something like that I know it's sort of weird I mean again nothing happened with it and you know he was an older guy you know I'm a younger big guy who knows both some taekwondo and some kung fu so I probably would have been fine but I mean you also never know I mean especially in a place like Detroit is this guy gonna have a knife or a gun or is he gonna make a move to try to snatch my daughter or something you never know. So that was a little bit scary for a bit. But I mean, shortly after that, you know, we found our bathroom at this awesome gourmet grocery store that was very close to downtown Detroit. So 
That was a very pleasant surprise. And then after that, we drove just a little bit further down the road along the river, and we saw something that we had always known about our whole lives because it's, you know, part of uh, Detroit, but we had never actually been there. And that's Belle Isle. It's this huge island in the middle of the Detroit River, you know, right between United States and Canada. It's owned by the city of Detroit, now managed by uh, Michigan DNR as a state park. Back in the day, apparently, it had a, uh, an amusement park, and you can actually see uh, the ruins of a roller coaster on the island. But we had never been there before. We didn't know anything about what it's actually like to go to Belle Isle. And once we got there, oh, it was awesome. I mean, it's just way bigger than you could imagine, for, especially for an island in the middle of a river, right? But, I mean, first of all, you've got this, uh, you know, stretch of grass right along the river where you've got a bunch of hipsters just chilling out and doing weird things like walking a tightrope or laying in the grass like they're having a picnic or uh, some people hula hooping. Uh, just enjoying each other's company and having fun and relaxing. It was a gorgeous day, and you've got this gorgeous view of both uh, the Detroit skyline and, you know, the Windsor side in Canada and the bridge stretching across the river. So I got some good pictures of that that I haven't even posted those yet. And then you've got this awesome fountain on the island, and you've got a zoo and a conservatory. There's a yacht club so much space to you know have picnics uh, grill out and there's this like reflecting pool with a bunch of cherry blossoms right along it and we still didn't even see the whole island you know we spent a bit of time at different spots including you know right along the river at the fountain and we found this uh, gorgeous field of daffodils where I took a bunch of pictures that were awesome but there was still a lot that we didn't see and it's gonna be great to go back and explore there even more sometime you know especially as it gets even warmer into the summer it's one of those hidden treasure things that i wish i would have discovered earlier but it's so awesome that i get to have this new experience now but uh in the morning i'm gonna you know hit up the uh, kung fu class i think i'd mentioned that a minute ago that i do that i'm still pretty much a beginner I'm definitely the Kung Fu Panda, but another thing I've been doing lately is uh, trying to get back into uh, running a little bit. I get into it by doing a combination of alternating running and walking, and then I can build up uh, all the way back to running for longer distances again. And I've done this on and off for 17 years now, I guess. And each time that I started back up again, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so much more out of shape than when I stopped running previously. It feels harder each time you try to restart it again. But you know, you do it slowly, uh, build a base, don't try to do too much. And you know, I guess the rule is to do no more than 10% of what you did the previous week uh, to try to avoid injuries. But part of this is to, you know, just generally get into better shape. Uh, I also signed up to do uh, the 5th 3rd Riverbank run coming up in mid-May, as well as the Hard Cider run, which I don't know when exactly that is, but I'm going to run through an apple orchard, and I guess you get some hard cider at the end. Sounds pretty sweet to me. I don't know anybody else. I uh, I know some people are like, you're only going to find me running if I'm being chased by a bear. 
But as far as exercise go, it's uh, one of the few things that once I get back into the rhythm of it, I actually enjoy doing. And I've been getting more and more into, instead of doing it on the road, uh, going into the forest and doing it on trails. So I've got that going for me. Not a lot else in particular that I know of going on this summer. I know I'm coming up on my 20th high school reunion, but I've decided that I'm almost certainly not going to go to that, you know? For some people, I guess, high school was the time of their lives. For people who didn't have a lot of friends, even though I was purposefully, you know, kind of a lone wolf type, I've always been kind of the lone wolf, keep a, you know, a couple to a few close friends. Um, I've gotten better about it as I've gotten older. But, uh, you know, in high school, I was one of the smarter kids, didn't have a lot of friends. I was in band, you know, regular band and marching band. Um, people made fun of me for stupid shit, you know, the popular kids did. It wasn't a particularly pleasant experience, and I actually didn't want to be friends with a lot of these douchebags, and some of the people I went to high school with have turned out awesome. I gotta assume that over 20 years, a lot of people have uh, changed a lot, but some of these people have also been posting pictures of uh, what they were doing in high school, and it just reminds me of... The fact that I don't truly know a lot of these people, you know, they've gotten better throughout their lives, and I've gotten better throughout my life. I mean, there's not a whole lot of reconnecting I can do with these people. It's kind of pointless, so I don't think I'm going to go. Of course, I could always change my mind. We'll see. Now, as I turn to entertainment a little bit, apparently they're going to remake a live-action Dumbo. That's one of the stupidest fucking ideas I've ever heard. I mean, as a kid, in the 80s, I really liked watching the original Dumbo movie. But a couple of years ago, I found it on Netflix, started to watch it uh, with my kid, and uh, there's some fucked up shit in that movie. They're, like, the, the darkness and the extent to which they abuse these older elephants. It was definitely a different time back then when they made this movie, and I don't think they could make it this way nowadays, so I'm like... What the hell are they going to do to remake this as a live-action movie? Are they going to follow it verbatim? Because a lot of that's not going to fly with modern audiences. I'm not going to let my kid watch that. I don't personally want to watch that. I mean, you got some of the major circuses, you know, saying nowadays that they understand that being in a circus is not a good place for an elephant, especially with everything that we know about how intelligent the, these creatures are and the space that they need to roam. And so I think it's Barnum and Bailey. Um, they no longer have elephants. They sent them down to a sanctuary, I think, down in Florida. I know whatever other circuses are left are following suit. Um, and so you, you've got a lot more awareness in the 21st century of what intelligent animals need and so i just don't think it's gonna fly to have the dark abuse uh, uh this overshadows a lot of the dumbo movie uh to be remade nowadays i think that's the only pop culture thing i'm gonna hit on this week upcoming in the next episode i'm planning to have a special guest who used to uh podcast with me pop culture crunch that guest will be Nick, and I'm assuming that we're going to talk a lot about uh, pop culture and entertainment. Though I will mention, 
Apparently they're going to make a new Where in the World is Carmen San Diego show. Well, instead they should be uh, making Where in the World is the USS Carl Vinson. That's the aircraft carrier that Trump said was going to go uh, towards the Korean Peninsula to uh, help bolster any uh, attack that we might have done against North Korea if they had uh, initiated a sixth nuclear test. Well, it turns out that that aircraft carrier wasn't ever on its way to Korea. It was on its way towards Australia this whole time. And so we've got a situation where there are only two options. Either he was flat out lying about it, or the office of the president did not know what was going on with this aircraft carrier. And both situations are just deplorable. I mean, it's a fucking laughing stock. He's a clown. If you're going to play tough guy with the North Koreans, you don't make up some crying wolf bullshit. And now the South Koreans know that they can't trust him at his word. And the Chinese are probably like, what the fuck, mate? Yeah, where in the world is the USS Carl Vinson? Anyway, as I begin to wrap things up here, what's something that robots know that you might not know? Well, some of you might know that Europa, which is an icy moon of Jupiter... Um, you know, has been targeted for quite a while as a potential source of life, even if it's, you know, kind of simple bacterial or algae or some kind of other simple life or something that lives in the ocean. Well, they've continued to do some more research and they're going to continue to do it in the future. And apparently they've really decided that they're sure that there's an actual ocean underneath the surface of the ice on Europa. And not only that, but they've decided that uh, Saturn's moon Enceladus also has an ocean under its icy crust. And they've been taking some measurements about certain dynamics involving these moons and, uh, you know, how the ice reacts and, you know, what the water likely does underneath. And they've decided that with both of these moons, they're very good candidates for life. And so I'm hoping that there's something more than bacteria, more than algae, that it's going to be an actual recognizable sea creature type of thing, whether it's a squid or a shrimp or a, <laughs> I don't even care. Okay, that's a lie. I prefer it to be the largest, most badass sea creature that they can find on one of these moons. But they're clearly going to be doing more research into this trying to find that life in our solar system, which would be having huge implications for the rest of the universe as well. I can't wait to see what they find out with them. But, you know, again, that's something that, you know, we knew a little bit about it, but they they keep progressing on their knowledge uh, towards potentially finding life uh, within our solar system here. So that's pretty awesome. I did also want to mention that in addition to the fact that I'm going to have uh, my friend Nick from the old Pop Culture Crunch site on during the next episode. Um, just dropped this week, I interviewed with Jerry from Soldier of Pod on the New Pod World Order Network. That episode is titled, Hashtag GodDammitBen. So if you're so inclined, head over to Soldier of Pod and check it out. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Robot Dinner Party. Again, I'm your host, Ben. You can find me on Twitter, at SinisterRiff. Or, of course, at Robot Dinner Pod. 
you could also send an email to robotdinnerparty at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep those circuits lubed. Oh, 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 oh,